0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Peluso. This is episode 392. How have we done it? We haven't been able to do it without you guys. Thank you so much for listening every week, for sharing it with your friends, for tagging me on the interweb, sending me emails. By the way, if you have any questions or advice that you want answered on the podcast, you can email us at comedy at gmail.com. Don't forget to come see me live. I'm going to be in La Jolla at the Comedy Store, February 14th. I'm also coming to Austin, Texas, February 16th, 17th, and 18th at the Comedy Mothership, my debut show there at Joe Rogan's new club, and I can't wait to bring my comedy to that stage. JesseMay.com for tickets. And now the episode with me. <laughs> Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep 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 beep. You're beep. listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jessie Mae Peluso. It's a personal look well it's not really a look because it's a podcast i'm already fucking this up this is kind of like a verbal comedy diary a deep look into the crevices of my mind it's gonna get dirty you might cry you probably laugh hopefully you'll laugh talk about my dog sometimes each week it's something different sometimes i have a guest host sometimes it's gonna be a movie companion episode sometimes i just ramble about the bullshit i dealt with the week before you never know what you're gonna get it's raw uncut and funny it's me we're here 392 of STP. Can't believe it. That is wild to me. 392 episodes? It feels like it should be more. <laughs> to be honest. And to be honest, we should for sure have over 1,000 five star reviews or rates at this point. The fact that we don't have over 1,000 is unacceptable. We can do it. Like, I need any more lipstick. For those of you asking, it is an NYX Smooth Whip, which is what I called my car in high school. It was a 90, uh, it was an 89 Oldsmobile or a 90 Oldsmobile, forget what that model was. I think it was a 90 Oldsmobile, and that wasn't even the year, that just was the model. White with blue fabric interior, and it probably still smells like all of my failing grades. At this point, probably smells like Cheetos and my attempt at passing high school math. A lot of math, a lot of math sadness in those fabric seats. I am excited to be here, pumped to be here today. Looking forward to chatting with you guys. There's a lot of updates. One update I want to give is about Ian Burns. Ian Burns got his merch. He got his merch. So I don't want to hear any sort of malarkey or shenanigans from anybody about how I don't do something and I'm not sending something. It may take me two years, but I am sending the merch. I am absolutely sending the merch. You're getting it. So that's the Ian Burns merch update. If you don't know what the Ian Burns merch update is, Ian Burns has been a fan of mine for years, years and years and years. He was on when we used to do, um, uh, Weeds Day and he would pop in all the lives. He supported everything I've done. He, I don't think he's come to a live show yet. It's the only thing that hasn't happened. But he also lives in England life. He lives with 18 biscuits for breakfast. And he's wanted merch since the beginning of time. Since the dawn of time. And we got it to him. Not only did we get him merch, we got him one of everything. One of literally everything. I think I threw in a couple other people's merch in there for safe measure. So I want to give a shout out, special shout out to Mr. Ian Burns and his merch. I had a realization about myself recently. I don't know if anybody else has sort of had this realization that your body is changing. We don't have that as a kid. Like we don't think about our body changing as a child. It just changes. And I think our growing pains are manifested in our little moods and outbursts and anger and sort of. Uncomfortable under, misunderstanding of the world because we don't understand how our bodies are changing as a child. But when you're an adult, you notice it and you're like, okay, duly noted, Mother Nature. What is that mark? What's that little spot? I say this because I put my jeans on yesterday and these jeans that normally fit just fine. Now I'd have to do a little bit of the sucking. You know, when you guys wash your jeans and they're fresh and the cotton gets a little bit smaller. And you got to kind of do the squat. I like to squat and button at the same time because I feel like when I squat and button at the same time, I get that extra stretch. I know some of you are probably a button and then squat, which are you an animal? Were you raised in a barn? Who's buttoning and squatting? And then there's some people who just don't want to admit the truth and they don't even button it and they take a squat like that's going to do anything. That's going to do F all for you. So I like a combo platter of squatting and then trying to button as I'm in my, the depth of my squat. And I will do a few lunges around the house in those jeans just to get them to a point where it doesn't look like I was physically stuffed into them. And that's, that's the daily routine. But these jeans, I would always get in, and then after a while, you know, the denim kind of loosens up, and you're like, okay, all right. The denim's like, it it exhales finally. There's a little bit of room for a fart, barely enough. But the jeans kind of fit. They fit the way you're you're used to. These jeans yesterday had the audacity of not even wanting to button. And I'm going to tell you something. I've weighed the same for 20-plus years. I just think the weight is moving around in the body a little bit. I think it's shifting. I think the weight is moving. I think the weight is like, you know, I don't like this living accommodation anymore. I'm going to go down the street and down the street happens to be in my FUPA area. So I tried to button these jeans and they wouldn't button. And and what I realized was it wasn't necessarily that there's fat shifting because I, I actually don't think fat cells will show up in other places. I think you have sort of the, Uh, accumulation of where your fat cells are and then that's the area that you tend to store fat and when you gain weight that's the area you tend to gain weight from my understanding of fat cells i don't know if they've changed their mode i wouldn't be surprised everything else has changed in the world but what i realized is it wasn't the fat cells and i'm not a vain person okay i well i have vanity i'm a human being but it's not something i obsess over so this isn't me being like, oh, my God, things are so terrible. I realize that I'm a fortunate person, but I do have a little bit of a fupa. And that's where I store all of my pasta joy. And I'm fine with that. But the fact that these jeans didn't fit the way they normally did disrupts my need for some sort of comfort. And my comfort comes in anticipating things. I like a routine. I like to anticipate certain situations. And if my jeans don't go on like they normally do, I'm going to have a, a breakdown. And so what I realized was it wasn't the fat sort of shifting around in my body. My bones have changed. My bones. My hips have changed. And that is terrifying. I haven't even had children. I thought that's, a, that's what happens when you push some babies out. Mind you, Nancy had to get not one, but two hist- uh, 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 C-sections and a hysterectomy. She had to get two C-sections because she had such teeny hips. We weren't even naturally allowed to pass through the vaginal canal because of how teeny those hips were. They were not childbearing hips. And thankfully, much like my chimples that were passed down from Joe Peluso, Nance passed down my non-childbearing hips. But now, apparently, they're childbearing. Don't even have a kid to show for it. And that's the one thing about life. Let me like, get, l- l- Let me reap the fruits of the labor. If my hips are going to pop out and be childbearing, let me have the kid. Some of you are probably like, you're crazy. Why would you want the kid? You think I want the hips? Actually, I kind of do. Now that I've had narrow hips my whole life, it'll look kind of fun to have a little bit of a flow down there. A little shape, if you will. But it is a terrifying situation to feel like the body is actually shifting. And then what happens is, I don't know if you guys are like this. Then you go, well, what else is shifting? Huh? What else kind of moving around down there? What else is just having the audacity to relocate and alter its position? Because I think Mother Nature owes me money for jeans. If I'm being frank, if I'm being completely honest, I think Mother Nature owes me some money. Because let me tell you, denim ain't cheap, lady. Denim ain't cheap. Neither are the emotions that come along with realizing that your favorite denim won't button anymore. I had another thought when I was leaving the gym today. And this is a surprising thought because I am by nature a rule breaker. I love to break rules. I am a rebel. I'm not necessarily a risk taker because I'm also neurotic. I'm a neurotic rebel, (laughs) if you will. I am an anxious rebel. And I love to break rules. And not rules that are rude, you know, no, no, no rule breaking that's going to disrupt someone else's comfort. I, that's just common courtesy. My mother raised me better than that. But I do think we need rules. Rules are necessary. It's a necessary part of society. It keeps us, it keeps us kind of sort of contained because there's a lot of animals out there. This happened when I was driving through the parking garage of the gym. Now, I'm driving through the parking garage, and people are parked on the left and the right of the car. Someone goes to back out of their spot. Uh -uh Uh-uh-uh. I have the right way. At least I thought, at least I think I do. In a parking garage, I think you treat it much like traffic. This lady kept coming, and, uh, you know, I, I just kept going. I did not hit the back of her, but... I had to let her know, no, this is not the way the rules go. In a parking garage, parking lot, through traffic has the right of way. Now, if you want to be nice, (laughs) if you want to be kind, sure, you can stop and let the person out. It wasn't that I wasn't being kind. I just was thinking, well, wait, doesn't this woman know the rules? Because I know if I were in her, her position and I were backing out, I would pause and let the person driving through drive through. In it made me just realize that people don't like to follow the rules. They don't like to follow the rules. Those are the areas where I like rules to be followed, where it has to do with other people's, you know, the fact that it is my right away. I feel like I should have the right away, And I feel like that lady should know that I have the right away. because otherwise, what, everyone's supposed to just cater to your emotions? Did she feel like she should have gotten out of the spot? Did she feel like she should have had the right of way emotionally? And that's why sometimes you just have to say, fuck your emotions. This is about rules. And in a place of rules, sometimes emotions don't apply. It's more about motion than emotions. And I'm motioning out of the gym so I can go eat a sandwich. I think that was a problem. I was just hungry. Um, something sad happened today. We lost, we lost a really important part of the podcast, a really important person. Um, not a whole person, but just his joint. Snoop on a stoop. Fell off of the stoop back here. I don't know how he fell off. And his J snapped off. Now, this is a gift that my assistant Debbie bought for me. And this is not the only gift that Debbie bought for me that has had a fatal end um, and a tragic end. I think almost everything Debbie's ever bought me has come across some sort of horrible Shakespearean end. But here's Snoop in his little joint. So hopefully we'll be able to find glue to glue him back together because we cannot put him on a stoop without his J. That's I, I think that that actually is sacrilege. You know how some people you can't put a cross upside down, well you can't put Snoop on a stoop without his his joint. It's just not right. So we're gonna sit him here until he gets completely mended. R.I.P. to the joint temporarily, and to Debbie constantly having complete patience for all of the things she buys me that go broken out of the blue. I don't know how. I have no idea how. I also had this annoying situation and it, maybe also you guys have felt this as well. I'm just going to apply some more under eye. I, I love to just do my makeup while I'm recording the podcast. It should always be done, but you know what? A little touch up never hurt a bitch. I I had this annoying situation. Maybe you guys have felt it as well. When you go out now to eat, do you feel like you're, or even to shop? Oh, fuck. Well, I'll just use that from the table. Sure, that won't cause any breakouts. You ever go out to eat, shop, or anything where there is a point of transaction, a sale, register, whatever, Target, um, grocery
1: store, even some of these restaurants now? Oh, oh. something stopped. No, my recording's still going here. Damn it. Someone called and it threw the video off. Uh, Fucking. Let me see. We're back on. Wait. This one's waiting to come back on. Yeah. Sorry, folks. Hold on. We're almost back online. Recording with saved photos.
0: And we're back. Oh, well, that was... Less scary than I thought it was going to be. So you know these point of sale places where you're in line, and now they're having you do the do the thing. They're having you check yourself out. This isn't anything new. This isn't anything groundbreaking. But it it's frustrating. I was at a Panera, and I know when you go out to eat to Panera traditionally, and each time I've gone. You can leave your stuff at the table. Now, I'm not trying to put more work on other people, but I also don't work at a Panera. Uh, that's just not my job. And if it was, I would take pride in it. I would take pride in my job, and I would do whatever I needed to do to make sure I'm doing that job correctly. And I go to to the girl. I'm done eating, and I go to the girl. I go, can we leave our stuff here? And she goes, no. Can you, can you bring it over and bust the table and I I, I'm just like what is happening I don't so not only do I have to like pay for the food I have to take care of everything else in the restaurant and this isn't just happening there you know it's at the grocery store it's it's it happened somewhere recently and I was just like how how am I self-checking out here and pretty soon it's gonna be you're gonna have to just give yourself your own doctor's checkup doctor's not going to be there. You're going to have to do it and touch it all off on an iPad or whatever screen they have. Put your credit card in. It's everything's going to be completely virtual. There's going to be no more point of of sale transactions in point of transaction sales, however you say it. And that to me, that like freaks me out a little bit. But at the grocery store, like I don't want to check myself out at the grocery store. I got to look up fruit codes. I don't know the fruit code of bananas. I have no idea what the avocado fruit code is. Universal number. Have no idea. I did work at a grocery store one time. Yes, I did, but I got demoted from the cash register to helping hands because I couldn't handle the cash register. Me and math don't mix. I don't even care if there's something computing for me. I'll find a way to mess it up. They tossed me out to the parking lot, thrived, completely thrived. They had repeat customers more than they ever had in their life. Old ladies were buying more, bringing less coupons because they felt better about themselves because I was out there just giving them joy. And it was a great time. But that was the only time I was looking up fruit codes. Now that I don't work at a grocery store, I don't want to look. I don't know what broccoli code is. I got to know broccoli code? Come on now, man. There's too many codes for me to know. I got all these passwords I have to remember and, and my own sign in codes from all the other accounts I use. Now I got to know fruit codes. Get out of town. The only code I know is girl code. So I've had some dreams lately that have been questionable I've had a dream about a tsunami three times in the past few weeks now I normally write my dreams down so let's see if I can recall let's see on the 21st I had a tsunami dream on the 22nd I have a, I had a tsunami dream and I, I think I might have missed writing down the third one so let's see the 21st tsunami in LA when I was at a beach with my cousins I got into a pickup truck with two black lesbians she couldn't drive <laughs> my dreams are very very specific i got into a pickup truck with two black lesbians she couldn't drive so i took over when we came to a dead end i had to climb off a fence and up to the top of a building and jump across the roof we found a girl who was a fan of us of me and i responded to her emails in front of her and was trying to get use her phone to get a hold of my boyfriend it didn't work, and then I tried to call Skylar Stone. <laughs> no, Skylar Stone was there, and then I tried to call my man, and that didn't work. Strange dream, very detailed, and I have to be honest. Let me preface this with: I can't stand when people tell me about their dreams. It's one of my pet peeves. I don't like it. I don't care. I don't want to hear about your dreams unless you're somebody I love. I just don't care about your dreams. It's it's so stupid to hear. But I think the fact that I have had these three tsunami dreams and I live in a tsunami zone in California, it makes me a little bit more on edge. Just a little bit more on edge. And let me start this by saying, I do think I'm tapped into something. Now, I'm not saying I'm a witch. I'm not saying I'm clairvoyant or any of the such. I do have some weird premonitionary tendencies. Is that a word? We don't know. But... There there are things that have happened and things that I have thought of that have come to fruition from my, just completely. And it's been really freaky to experience. So, for an example, years ago, I was with Super Artist Agency on Main Street in Santa Monica, California. Great little boutique agent agency owned by Rich Super. And that's the agency that I moved from New York City to L.A. with. And my agent is still my agent from that time. This story is about my agent. So I had these dreams, these reoccurring dreams of a few nights in a row, probably two or three nights in a row, these reoccurring dreams of my agent Justin getting into a car accident. And by the third night, I felt like I had to tell him. I said, hey, Justin, this probably means nothing, but I feel like I need to tell you because if it does happen... I don't want to be responsible. But now that I'm telling you, I probably will become responsible somehow. And I told him about accidents that I that I were seeing and things that I was seeing for for him and, and, and the visions that we're having. I was having. And so the next day he got into a car accident. His car got totaled by a drunk driver. He survived. He was okay. I mean, he had some neck pain, but he wasn't completely injured. Now, am I saying I caused the accident? I don't know. Was it a premonition? Have no idea. Could I have elicited an accident? Maybe he drove in a certain way because he was nervous and maybe that caused traffic to completely have a butterfly effect. I don't know. All I know is that after that accident, I had more dreams of him in a car accident. And I'm on the phone with him. And I'm telling him, I go, Justin, I had another dream last night about you getting into a car accident. While we're on the phone, he gets into a car accident. He crashes while we're on the phone. And then he stopped taking my phone calls. (laughs) (laughs) Then he completely stopped taking my phone calls. (laughs) Then Then it was like, okay, we don't need to talk anymore. We're good. So I'm not saying that. I am a a, a magician. I'm not saying I'm some sort of cosmic magician. I'm not saying I'm some sort of witch. I just think that there's something going on with me. So I had a few nights in a row of him having a car accident and got into a car accident twice. So now I think about these tsunami dreams I'm having and those freak me out. So I told you about the one with the black lesbians and Skylar Stone, who's another comedian friend of mine. There was another tsunami dream. And then... uh, I had a dream. Okay. Okay. I remember my third one. Okay. So this is the one I had on January 26th. I had a dream that my sister and I and her husband were in LA and a tsunami was coming. We were on the beach. I remember we were on the beach. We were at like shutters, which we actually went to one time when my brother-in-law and her came to visit me. And sorry, I just wanted to uh, 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 turn up the microphone a little bit. So we... We're at the shutters and we saw a tsunami coming, which is just a nightmare to think about. Because I feel like with an earthquake, you can kind of hopefully survive that. A shaky ground, you're like, all right, if, if the bowels open and I drop down to the core of the earth or hell, whatever you want to call it, fine. What am I going to do? But you have a chance. You have a fighting chance. It's like the difference between fighting a bear or a shark. Going for the bear each time. I'm on my territory. I'm on my turf. But a tsunami. I'm a terrible swimmer. I I sink. I'm a sinker. Sink or swim. I sink every time. So it's a terrifying weather, extreme weather event to think about. So obviously there's some terror in my life. But I had this dream, and we're on the beach, and so Emily and I are like, oh my god! And we see the tsunami coming, and my brother in law in my dream goes, well. It's been a good life. (laughs) Look at him, I go, what? And I go, Emily, we're going to die. So her and I hauled ass. We left Steve behind. We let Steve just be fine in his acceptance of death behind. We're like, nah, we're not done. You can accept it because you're a little bit older. Go ahead. He accepted tsunami death. Not us. We left Steve behind. And then we went and had lunch with my friends. So it was a second tsunami dream maybe. We got to take a break to talk about the weather in LA and our sponsor for this episode, Oak Essentials. It is so dry. It's drier than dry. I can't even begin to tell you how my skin feels in this weather in Los Angeles.
1: You know what I need? You know what I've been craving? You know what I've been wanting? A sweet, rich balm. Let me tell you. Nothing will make you feel better than a sweet balm. And this moisture-rich balm that Oak Essentials has, I don't know how I've lived without it my entire life. If I'm being completely honest, I really don't know how I've lived without it. It's luxurious. It's got stuff in it I've never heard of. See, buckhorn, fruit oil, don't know what it is.
0: Need it for the rest of my life. Apparently it's the highest source of vitamin C, E, and unsaturated fatty acids, including omega-7, which supports collagen production, which we need. One thing I need more of is collagen production. If I could open up a factory where they produce collagen, I would do that. But the next best bet is this sweet, rich
1: balm. Let me tell you, nothing makes you feel more luxurious than a balm. Are you still using lotion? Who are you? Lotion is,
0: is yesterday's news. You need a sweet balm. They also have organic cocoa seed butter, which we all know about that. That girl's been an OG for a long time. In organic coconut oil. Who doesn't love an organic situation on our bodies? Now we know all the chemicals that we've been exposed to for our entire lives. We're here for the organic life. Own or as part of one of Oak Essentials' best-selling bundles for a simple start-to-finish skincare routine. Not to mention it makes a perfect gift for any skincare lover in your life. And I'm a skincare lover, so hey, if you want to buy it for me, you can do that. They've got the Moisture Rich Balm, the Ritual Oil, the Cleansing Balm, the Balancing Mist, and the Restorative Mask. The Balancing Mist. Balancing Mist will not be at Coachella this year. You know who will be? Freaking Oak Essentials. Treat yourself or someone else this season. My followers are going to get 15% off their first order when they use code SHARP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at oakessential dot OakEssentials.com. Use promo code SHARP for 15% off. Step into that luxurious balm life. You deserve it. The third tsunami dream I had was 3 nights ago. And this one felt so real it woke me out of sleep at 4:30 in the morning and I was up since 4:30 in the morning. Actually this yeah, this was 2 nights ago. Woke up and I was up since 4:30. So that dream was one of those dreams that feels like you are where you are. You're actually in the place where you are. So I was in my bed sleeping. That's what makes it a little bit more freaky, those lucid dreams that you have. And I could hear a noise that I had never heard before and somewhere in my bones, I just knew it was a tsunami coming. The sound of it and the power and the the bass and just the way it sounded, it sounded like something rushing towards me. So I screamed out for my sister and then I closed my eyes and then it kind of dissipated the sound and then I looked out my window and I could see all the water damage. And then the first thing I did was look for all my dogs. I wanted my dogs. I couldn't find Bunny. Carlin was lipping down the street. I had Chaplin in my arms. I couldn't find Bunny. And I was freaking out. I'm like, where's Bunny? I want Bunny. And it woke me up and it just really freaked me out. I texted my sister in the morning when I woke up because it felt so real. And I will tell you that these dreams reoccurring are terrifying. They're absolutely terrifying, but I've had so many different dreams that have come true that it's, that's even weirder to me. And so I'm not telling you guys that there's a tsunami that's going to hit California and I'm not trying to put that into the universe, but I do wonder what it means. Obviously there's something going on. There was a couple of situations. I'm trying to remember that other, those other dreams that I had that actually came to fruition. There were so many different ones. I've talked about them on the podcast. Um, uh, There was one with my girlfriend when we were were actually in Marin County, California, with my girlfriend Erin and I. We were there for real, visiting her mom, because she grew up in Marin County. And we went to sleep. I had a dream that I was riding my bike to school. In Marin County, which I had never been to before. And so I ride my bike to school and I pull up and there's this big hill that on the bottom of the hill is basically the entrance to a school. It's almost like a cul-de-sac street. And all the kids are lined up on the side of the street and I'm riding my bike. And now the bike's a little rickety and it's loud and it I know it's embarrassing. I feel like it's embarrassing. So when I ride down the hill, I let the bike go around in circles and let it just sort of slow down naturally. Out of, you know, gravity and speed and redu- reduction in speed and all that. I go around in circles and I yell, the brakes don't work. The brakes don't work. That was my dream. I'll never forget it because the next morning when I woke up, Erin's driving me around showing me where she's from and in the school she went to and all of her old stomping grounds. And she told me she used to ride her bike to school. And then she said it was embarrassing because the brakes were so loud and I would always be embarrassed pulling up to school. I don't know what that means. It's, they're so insignificant. So there's insignificant dreams that come to fruition. Then there's car accident dreams that come to fruition. I probably shouldn't be talking about this because I feel like the, the, the FBI and CIA are going to collect me and study me like some sort of alien. But there have been so many dreams that have come true. And the tsunami one's just freaking weird. You know, it's just strange, like this big old wall of water coming. Nobody wants that. That's horrible. It's a horrible situation. I also had one of those dreams. This is this is a minor version. And then we're going to read a little bit about what having dreams about tsunamis mean. Because there's a lot of embarrassing meanings. Thanks to Deb, she sent me this link. I had this one dream that my mom was having dinner. This is when my mom was still alive. Was having dinner with a neighbor. And they're drinking wine and they're laughing. Simple little dream. I wake up the next morning. I called my mom. I was like, what'd you do last night? She said I went over to Kim's. We had dinner and wine and we laughed a lot. So, I think I'm a witch. So don't tr- don't try me. Don't try me. Or you're going to enter my dreams and it's not going to be safe for anyone. It's just not. I got to start writing down all the dreams that I have that come to fruition. Tsunami dreams, eight meanings, uh, unraveling hidden emotions. Let's explore the, how dreaming about a tsunami carries meaning behind it besides its raw destructive power and helping us better understand how to navigate the depths of this roaring subconscious wave. You know, already it's rude. Here's the positive meanings of dreaming about tsunamis. A time of great change. Well, I am about to sell my childhood home. Facing your feelings. Well, selling that childhood home is, feels like I'm drowning a little bit. Cleansing away outdated beliefs. Well, selling the childhood home and technically well, not technically, but theoretically saying goodbye or making peace with the child, which could be looked at as an outdated belief. That's a little bit of a stress, a little bit of a stretch. The release of stress yeah, sure. I mean, aren't dreams technically the release of your brain's stress? those thoughts that you're hanging on to and harboring all day long, just swimming around in your mind, surrendering to the flow of life. I don't think that's it at all. (laughs) I don't think that's it at all. Acknowledging the uh, power of your subconscious mind. There's something to that. Now here's the negative meanings. Fear of drastic change, emotional outbursts and unresolved conflict drowning in responsibilities feeling overwhelmed by life's uncertainties powerlessness in the face of adversity and uncontrollable waves of anxiety now that all tracks i think all of us sort of feel that way don't we feel a little overwhelmed feel a a little like we're drowning in our responsibilities yeah well we had two years off we forgot how to do stuff we're still trying to figure out how to do stuff can't even get in my jeans Without realizing my hips have shifted. Yeah, I'm going to dream about some tsunamis. Significant, unavoidable changes in your life. The tsunami wipes away everything that's in their way. This destructive force expressed in your dream through this image could point to an impending change that has potential to completely run your life upside down and reshape whatever reality currently exists for you. That's got to be what it is. Me having to sell my house. My childhood home. It's got to be have to do with me feeling like it's a complete uprooting of my childhood and a complete change from the child to an adult. For me, it is a signifier that I am, even though I have as far as, you know, my age left childhood a long time ago, but there's something symbolic about selling the childhood home, which feels like I am even more so Going from childhood to adulthood, because it's technically the last remaining thread to that era in my life. You know, when you go into your home, you feel all those memories and you see all those things that are in the same place they were in when you were there. And it has a way of transporting you back to who you were when you lived there. And so for me, obviously, me having these tsunami dreams is me being stressed out. I think about the home selling because I don't want to believe I'm a witch and I hope there's not a tsunami heading for California. We're going to stop talking about it because I've learned my lesson. Let's move on. Let's move on to, to brighter pastures. Let's move on to crazy weather terminology because this, the reality is there's a lot of extreme weather happening and extreme weather has happened since the dawn of time. Hello, the ice age and Balls of fire falling out of the sky and crazy earthquakes, earthquakes, flooding, mudslides, you name it, it's happened. But we can't deny how news stations and news outlets take advantage of whatever's going on in in the world and in the atmosphere, and they use these terms that are so terrifying. I'm sorry, an atmospheric river? What is, what does that even mean? That doesn't make any sense. Atmospheric
1: river. No. There's no such thing. It's a river. And it's either, we're either running through it or we're not.
0: Those only two types of rivers. Ones you can run through and ones that run through you. Okay? Atmospheric river will not be at Coachella this year. All these weather terminologies sound like Coachella bands. It's so annoying. We're going to go through, let me see where this list is hold on this is the dream thingy here we go oh no that's the cuddle thingy where are these weather terminologies here we go tell me these don't all sound like bands from Coachella first one Anvil I think that's a band I think that's actually a band the spreading out by strong winds of the upper portion of the thunderstorm; it usually has a fibrous or smooth appearance. With long-lasting thunderstorms, the anvil may spread across more than a hundred miles downwind. This is the type of stuff that my my dear friend, and former weatherman of Syracuse, New York, <laughs> would probably be yelling at me because he's like, "These are actual things; these are real situations." Please do not uh, talk crap about my my work and my legacy um these are actual terms cumulus cloud we all know we know about the clouds there's the cumulus and then there's the other two stratus s- stratus cumulus and and featherus wait no i used to know these there's a cumulus cloud the stratus and and the 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 the, 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 the scoochie um what are the three
1: what are the three clouds Cumulus, Stratus, and what else? Sirius. Sirius.
0: Is that why it's named Sirius? So those aren't anything special. Cumulus could be a band. Okay, downburst, definitely a band. A sudden rush of cool air through the ground that can impact the speeds greater than 70 miles per hour and produce damage similar to that of a tornado. Usually occurs near the leading edge of the storm or may occur in heavy rain. Viewing the damage from the air does not... Reveal evidence of a twisting motion or convergence towards a central track like it would for a tornado. It's all very technical. It's very freaking technical. And it's overwhelming. Wayne Mahar, where are you? We need help. Downdraft. That could be, that sounds like some sort of technical term for a, a music producer. A column of cold air that sinks towards the ground, most often accompanied by rain. Flanking line. That sounds like something from a band. Funnel cloud. For sure a band. For sure a band. A funnel-shaped cloud extending from a towering cumulus or thunderstorm. Gust front. Gust front. The leading edge of a thunderstorm's downdraft. We need an index. Hail. Now, hail could be a band. It could be a, an artist. We'll call hail an artist. Macroburst. burst. Mammatus roll cloud scud clouds will not be at coachella this year towering cumulus cloud probably not one flood terms here we go bankful flash flood flood crest flood stage river flood the urban flood for sure a band urban flood is for sure a band ice storm that's boring step up your step up your name but the the local news stations they they create their own like Asmere aspheric River, Get out of here. That's insane. Portions of Southern California will see continued rainfall Friday from an atmospheric river that threatens even more than flooding. Like what? To ruin your home more? What ruins your home more than flooding? A mistress? She wishes she could. The flood is the mistress. It's so insane. And then the one that they just created recently was an arc. Let's see. The arc storm. Oh, God. It's too much. An arc storm. Because of uh, the fact that the at- at- atmospheric river isn't big enough. So now it's an arc storm river. Which I don't know what. It, Noah's going to show up with the ship and all the, the double animals. I'm getting on the ship. I'll tell you that much. If a ship came out of the sea, I'm getting on it. I'm grabbing the dogs. I'm getting on it. I'm taking take Snoop with me. My little thingy right here. My little scoochie's coming with me. I'm going to make sure I have bunny. And I'm hopping on the dang ark. And if he needs me to be biblical, I'll be biblical. I could be biblical for survival. I think, I think that's why cults are so popular. People just want to survive and be loved. So there's a couple crazy things that happened. Uh, I want to get into some May Bay's mail. I don't know if we read this one before. We also have a voicemail, but I can't play it because we're using my phone as a, a little bit of a docking station for our studio right now. But let's read an email from E-Belly, Evie. Um, we opened her gift. Did we talk about this already? Did we did we read E-Belly's email? Okay, so we already read her email. Sorry, E-Belly. Thank you so much. She is the one that made that uh, really funny little decoration for the studio. They had to do with Dashel. here's a new one desiree bakhtiar i honestly feel honored to be listening to your podcast because it's truly like any other and literally makes my day 10 times better after listening sending you lots of love and wishing you happy holidays how sweet man and it's it, honestly like i know this podcast is silly and sometimes it's all over the place and we have so many different things that we're covering and sometimes I'm your armchair therapist. Sometimes I'm your armchair bestie. Other times I'm just a wild woman with wild thoughts. But it is a lot of fun. And it wasn't fun for a little bit for me only because I was in an atmospheric river of emotion. (laughs) (laughs) But the the crazy thing is it anchored me during that time. The podcast definitely has been an anchor for me during all these ups and downs of my life. And even as I face going home and unpacking my home for the last time, uh, I actually thought about this podcast and I, I was thinking like, I'm happy that
1: I have it to sort of catalog and... also
0: recollect things and, and discuss memories and and talk about memories that I have from the house. So I look forward to doing that episode, that grief survival guide episode for you guys and talking about grieving a home and going through that. And now having had some experience with our episodes before doing grief survival guide for a couple years now, I'll have a little bit more of an idea of how I want to deliver that to you guys. But I have another, um, a couple of other things I want to talk about before we get out of here today. There was some crazy stuff going on. Well, first of all, there's this cuddle thing. I want to, I'll talk about it next week. We're going to do a Dr. Peluso episode next week. Um, and Oh, here's an article I want to talk about before I forget. Speaking of Syracuse, I'm going home. am going to be selling the home. Found this article, long time strip club owner, possibly facing jail time sells property exits business. Now I grew up on the North side of Syracuse there wasn't a lot around there, a lot of homes, a lot of two-family homes, a lot of aluminum siding, a lot of sidewalks, so many sidewalks and aluminum siding, a lot of gray days and long summer nights. And I was lucky to have a neighborhood full of kids. We walked around the streets. We ruled those streets. And, and we were out in the streets and we came home late. We didn't have cell phones. We were fine. And the neighborhood wasn't beautiful but it wasn't horrible it was home it felt safe and we had a lot of you know for the neighborhood in the time it was a very eclectic neighborhood we had Asian family that lived to our left we had a family from Vietnam across the street and then we had Italians on our right we were Italian we also you know had a Jewish family down the street it was a very eclectic neighborhood and I feel very fortunate to have grown up in an area like that But as far as the look of my neighborhood, it's not that pretty. There are a couple parks. There's a park in front of my dad's house. There was MacArthur stadium down the street, which was kind of cool because from the right vantage point at my house, you could see the fireworks from MacArthur stadium. And you could also hear the ball get hit on the, the, um, speakers in the stadium. You could hear that. And once in a while it'd just be so cool. And from my dad's, roof when you can climb out you could climb out from his kitchen windows onto a little bit of a roof there you could see the fireworks even better and you can actually see part of the stadium so the city you know where, where we grew up in the north side of the city it was very residential with a couple corner stores we had a wilson's farms we had a bunch of houses that were turned into bars and this business which was in my neighborhood lookers lookers gentlemen's strip club Syracuse, New York, facing possibly 30 days stint in jail. Longtime Syracuse strip club owner has agreed to sell his business and never again operate one like it. I can't tell you how sad I am to see this one go. And this was on Syracuse.com and they even posted it on Instagram. You better believe I was in the comments like somebody get me some merch before they shut the doors completely. Um, I took Marty Caproni and Deb and a couple others to it just because it's legendary years ago. Not for anything other than to just be like, you need to see Looker's. And it actually was the first time I had ever been in it. And the strip club has been open since 1992 at the 1400 part of North Salina street. Kevin Quinn, the new, uh, the now former owner of Looker's show club was approved Thursday by state Supreme court justice, Rory McMahon. McMahon Mac Mahon, Maha Mahon, Mick Mahone, the strip club, has operated uh, since 1992. As part of the agreement, Quinn said he would not associate himself with any business in New York State that provides or hosts live entertainment or adult entertainment. He cannot participate in any business within Syracuse City Limits that sells or distributes alcohol or cannabis. Oh, God, I mean, what else is there? No fun. Guy's going to have to open up a a pet adoption. He will also pay a $1,000 fine to the city, which seems low. It seems like a high... um, agreement, a very severe agreement for him to not be able to conduct any business, but then only pay a $1,000. He was originally scheduled to appear for a criminal contempt hearing Thursday afternoon, but it was canceled after the judge approved the settlement. So he, they settled. So what ended up happening is the city originally sued the club and its um, corporate t- entity because of the business was violating the terms of its operating permit because they were staying op- open later than they were supposed to. I mean, it's a strip club. You expect a strip club to abide by the rules. We're talking about abiding the rules in the beginning of this episode and me thinking that someone should wait to pull out of their parking spot while I drive through the parking garage, which I think is fully acceptable. Shouldn't the city expect a strip club to not necessarily run on time? Just considering the nature of the business. It's a strip club. It's seedy. It's seedy. And it's on the north side of Syracuse. There's, cl- there's, there's schools around it. There's, there's a church right on the same street. Why not make the strip club move someplace where it can be loud, like downtown? Why is there a strip club in a residential <laughs> neighborhood? <laughs> Does anyone want to ask that question? This guy's just trying to run a business. Well, maybe Syracuse needs to provide better zoning laws. Because obviously a strip club's a questionable sinful business however you want to look at it city officials said the club continued to operate late into the night leading to noise complaints and calls to the police court papers court papers filed by the city show the club advertised a facebook post that it would be open till 4 a.m two hours past the closing time in its permit i think that was the night we were there we were definitely there till like three or four o'clock in the morning it was a lot of fun County real estate records show the strip club property was sold October 23rd for $1 to Receipt Book LLC. The company began a foreclosure action in February on the property, claiming the strip club stopped making payments on a $150,000 mortgage signed in 2020. $150,000 is strip club. They can't make that in a few nights cash? This guy can't make that? As If a strip club can't make its mortgage payment, we have no hope as a society. If titties don't pay the rent, we're, we're doomed. If boobies don't pay the mortgage, there's no hope for society. Checks and balances. We need, the, we need the balance. We need there to be some sort of good and evil. And if the evil can't make it, none of us will. <sighs> the lawsuit was settled in November for undisclosed, undisclosed terms. Receipt book LLC managed by Ross D. Calarco, according to court papers filed in the foreclosure lawsuit. No applications for the permit needed to operate the strip club had been filed, according to the city spokesman. Um, so in 2008, Cala- Cala- Calarco was charged with promoting prostitution. Oh, God. I mean, they should have started the article with this. A felony after sting by law enforcement in Turning Stone and Casino Verona. Calarco has previously told Syracuse.com he was never charged. The outcome of the charge is not available. OK, well, that took a turn. So anyways, RIP to this business and if anybody knows anybody who knows anybody please get me a sweatshirt a hoodie or anything of the like so I can have memories of where I grew up and the fact that I grew up near a strip club on the north side I mean just kind of figure it out maybe rezone it is all I gotta say rezone it and follow the rules and, and know which rules to break that's all you just gotta know which rules to break and I'm looking forward to getting into the house and um Breaking some stuff. I really am. I'm looking forward to finding things that I don't want and smashing it. I think it's a good, healthy way to sort of move into the future and evolve, grow, and let off some steam, as they say. I think I'm going to need it. I hope you guys needed this podcast. And don't forget something we say once in a while on this podcast everyone in your life is there. And even events, even houses are in your life for a reason, a season, a lesson, or a blessing. And you got to figure out which of it it is for yourself if not all and you guys have been here for all the seasons you have been a reason for me i've learned many lessons and i feel blessed i have this podcast so thank you guys so much and don't forget to rate us five stars because i deserve it